Welcome to Batchadamia, a podcast so educational it could be a university class. With your hosts, Daniel Dick McHugh, Kim Hanna, and Bill Henniger. Hello, everyone. We are back. It is week five, I think. Does that sound right? That's right. All right. It's Kim and Danielle, and we we've been to Belgium Belgium this week. Um, and we're ready to talk about it. So let's get this party started. First of all, have you ever been to Belgium? Uh, I think I've flown through Brussels, but that's it. Okay. I've never been to Belgium, so I want to go now. This was a really good tourism video for me personally to be like, yeah, I need to go to Belgium now. There you go. I liked it. All right. Question of the day, um, we noticed when we were viewing it on Monday night that there's always just very powerful instrumental music in the background when either the bachelorette or one of the guys is sharing their childhood trauma or their family story. And so we talked about what our back what we would want our background sound or music or song to be while we were sharing our childhood trauma with the nation and kind of a stranger on television so what would your music be while you were sharing your childhood trauma stories a piano edition of coldplay Ooh, nice <laughs> very dramatic emotional yes yes um, mine would be, and this is going to show the world how super cool I am. Mine would be the music that Ken Burns uses in the Civil War documentary he made in the 90s. Oh, everybody's going to understand that reference right away. I know. If you, if you watched PBS for five minutes in the 90s, you watched this documentary because it was on all the time. And it's like this old, like sad Irish fiddle music. And I think that's what I would want playing in the background. Well, I shared my stories. I love it, Kim. Thank you. I love a good Ken Burns reference. There just aren't enough Ken Burns references. Your brain is strong today. And I love a good documentary. (laughs) All right. Two minute recap. crying there was a big shirtless guy slapping faces with fish there was more crying there's a beer bath let's get into the recap okay it's only four pages because i did this last night and i was really tired and i spilled margarita on my notebook too so it was it was a heck of a night okay grab a box of notes folks what i was gonna say all good notes have some margarita on them I think so. Well, if I used a regular pen, it wouldn't be an issue, but I, I was going with a purple gel pen, and so it was. It became an issue. All right. Whew. Let me center myself. Let me start over. Grab a box of Kleenex, everybody. Rachel is having some feelings tonight. Okay, we're still on the boat, and I just want to point out that it does not seem very climate-friendly to have a mostly empty cruise ship sailing around the North Atlantic, but whatever. Um, the guys point out how beautiful the port is in Belgium and all the beautiful views they're seeing. And I agree. Belgium looks amazing. Um, but I also, again, want to point out 
Tasia had a La Quinta. A La Quinta, folks. That's what Tasia had. And these guys are on a cruise ship in Paris and Bruges. Whatever. I guess they weren't on a cruise ship in Paris. Paris isn't on the ocean, but you know. Geography lesson. You're welcome. Um, Logan is all up about maybe going to Gabby and Rachel's group date is announced. And then Logan is torn because he's on the group date and Avon gets the one-on-one. And if you don't remember Avon, he's the one that she made out with on the 50-yard line at the football stadium in LA. And it was super hot and I gave it two thumbs up. Um, Logan goes to Rachel's room and he tells her he'd like to switch to Gabby. Rachel doesn't take it well. I also want to point out in your defense that I wrote Gabby multiple times when I met Rachel in my notes and had to go back through and cross it out because I can't remember Rachel's name either. Ah, um, so hard. It's so hard. I don't know. And then I also have a question. Who do I think she's spying on? She has two telescopes in her room. What is she watching? The dolphins? Are there dolphins in the North Atlantic? I can't remember. Okay. So the boys go into Bruges for their group date with Rachel. And then there, there's some randos wrestling in melted chocolate. And I think that we were denied quite possibly an amazingly epic chocolate wrestling situation between Rachel's group date. And for that reason alone, uh, on top of other reasons, I'm annoyed with what I'm about to share because um, Rachel and Jesse talk and Rachel decides she can't do the group date. She's too upset. So Jesse actually gives solid advice to Rachel. Good job, Jesse. And then Jesse goes and tells the guys that the date is off and they're like, but we don't get to spend any time with her. And she's always talking about we don't spend time with her. And then she doesn't spend time with us. So then they decide that they need to make sure that there's absolutely no drama at the group cocktail hour tonight. And I just want to say that Rachel is exhibiting some serious red flags. Serious red flags. More on that later. Um, Logan goes to talk to Gabby to tell her he loves her. He told Gabby he talked to Rachel. And I think Gabby handles the situation pretty well. Uh, Logan was the only overlap that they had, apparently, between all of the guys. He was, And I, I have to ask, really? But he was the only one that they were both interested in. Um, and then also during this conversation, if you are playing the yeah drinking game at home where you drink, take a drink every time Gabby says yeah, um, call an ambulance. You are, you have alcohol poisoning. Um, Gabby tells Logan she's going to go check in with Rachel. And then Rachel and Gabby get together and they chat. And Rachel doesn't want Gabby to be hurt by Logan. And I think Rachel is forgetting that she kept Hayden after he was absolute trash to Gabby. And that kind of is upset when Gabby's like, oh, keep him around. I like him. Um, red flags. So Rachel has her group social thing. Um, Rachel comes out in this minuscule dress that she keeps having to pull up over her boobs and pull down over her butt. And Elaine, when we were watching it, Bill's wife, Elaine, when we were watching it Monday night, said... She has this theory that every time Rachel gets rejected, her dress gets shorter. So keep an eye on that if she gets rejected anymore during the season. Um, and also, she can't walk in her shoes. Those those heels were ridiculous. What? Was, she, was this the green dress? 
Do you remember what color this? No, was? this was the black dress with the big silver flower over her boob. And then she was wearing heels that were like eight inches tall and she could barely walk in them. Um, um, Gabby is getting all the, Oop! I wrote Gabby when I met Rachel. I didn't catch that one, but Rachel is getting all the attention now and she's feeling validated. Now she feels special and everything is well with the world. Tito gets the group date rose and I don't hate them together. I, I like Tito and Rachel together. So then Gabby has her group date and I appreciate that they aren't showing us every time there's a date card anymore. It's, it wastes time. It's unnecessary. So that of all the things that have come out of this two person season, not showing every single person getting their rose and not showing every single um, envelope opening is fine by me. Um, they start. Oh, it got it got ruined by the margaritas. So there's something that I can't read, but that's fine. Um, they go and they get. Oh, I know what it is. Sorry. They go. They start on a boat ride. And the guys are all really tall, so they have to, like, duck in half to go under the, the street bridges. And then it's, like, one woman with all these guys. And so I wondered what the tourists were thinking. But then they get Belgian waffles, of course. And Gabby is um, taped eating, which I all, we always appreciate when they actually show them eating. And then she puts her face in a whipped cream machine and shoves whipped cream in her face. And I don't hate that either. I liked it. Um, uh, but that is a health code violation. Maybe not in Belgium, but it would be here. Then they play soccer with some Belgian child actors. And then my favorite part of the episode, the Belgian game of fish slapping. Fantastic. The, Bel um, the group date cocktail hour, Logan shows up and the guys are all like, what? They don't seem pleased. Then Gabby comes in and is maybe already a little squiffy. She seemed like she was struggling with her words a little bit and walking. So maybe she had a couple... And uh, cocktails before she came out. Um, she doesn't go into too many details about Logan. And I don't think she needs to. It's her show. She can do whatever she wants. Um, she spends time with all the guys. And then Nate gets the rose. And I don't hate that either. Um, Rachel and Avon have their one-on-one -on -one date. They take a carriage ride. And then they come up on some ladies just making lace on the sidewalk, as you do. Um, Rachel asks Avon his sign and then is excited because she says, ooh, we're compatible based on their, their zodiac signs. Um, Rachel puts the lace veil on and they, it's a beautiful veil, by the way, and they kiss. And then at dinner, Avon shares more about himself. Um, he craves stability. I'm not sure that Rachel will give him that, but I appreciate that he shared that with her. And then Avon gets the rose. Johnny and Gabby have a one-on-one. -on -one. I have no memory of Johnny before this episode. No memory of him. Um, and we see, I think, the very first jump hold of the season where the Bachelorette runs and jumps into the arms of one of the contestants. Am I wrong? Have we had one before? I feel like there was, like, a mock one. Okay, but this really, was the first, like, like oh, yeah. we're doing this, but, like, we're, like, making fun of the trope. But I'm yeah. not remember who it was with, or maybe I am thinking about Johnny. Yeah, I think this was like the first legit real one. Okay. And it is week five, people. That's it. That's history making. Um, they go, they're in the country and they visit this really cool family brewery. And then Vincent the brewer has some very special facial hair. There's a lot of facial hair this season. And I 
I'm not a fan of facial hair because I think it cuts up your face. And we do see evidence of Gabby being cut up by facial hair um, at her cocktail party a little later on. So, gentlemen, if you do have facial hair, take care of it so it doesn't scratch our faces. We don't like that. Um, they do a testing, a tasting, and then they go to another spot on the farm and they rub hops on each other and then they hit each other with hops plants in bikinis and then they soak in beer. And I feel like that's probably most men's dream date, actually. Um, then there's we have another church date. I, I'm confused as to how these churches are allowing these church dates. And also, Gabby's showing a lot of skin to be in a Catholic church so maybe they weren't in a catholic church but her shoulders are all kinds of bare in that building um they talk about depression and mental health and then johnny gets the date rose then we get to the rose ceremony cocktail party logan tries to justify why he switched gabby got nate's daughter chocolate which is super sweet and classy then we go to the rose ceremony they are freezing it's cracking me up how cold everyone clearly is at these outdoor top of ship rose ceremonies where you can literally see their their like body shaking and teeth chattering because it's so cold um rachel sends home meatball and gabby keeps logan and sends home michael and mario and that my friends is episode five of the bachelorette Whoa. <sighs> Whoa. Whoa. It was the most nothing and everything happened episode I think we've had. I felt like it was a really, I felt like it was kind of a boring episode. And here's why. I felt like they were yep. trying to build up all this drama around the Logan thing. Yep. And then it just didn't really explode. Yep. I don't, and I think that you will talk about this. I don't get the appeal of logan yeah and why they're both why why rachel is so upset that he switched over to gabby and why gabby is excited that he switched over to gabby so i have a quick question yeah i think that i realized did you see that mario got sent home i did that is kind of surprising yeah. It was like one of the first kisses and stuff, wasn't yep. it? Yep. Ooh, that's interesting news. I think I somehow missed that. Yeah. And we haven't really seen a lot of him. So maybe he oh. just sort of like faded to the back. I don't know. Yeah, because I was like a pretty big Mario fan kind of yeah. at the beginning. Yep. Whoa. It's wild, Danielle. It's wild. Yeah. It yeah. I don't yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk. So when things get hard, Rachel tends to peace out. She freaks out. She doesn't seem to really want to have things be hard. And she seems to just not handle it well when things are difficult. And this seems like a major red flag to me. So I want us to discuss, and I think we both agree on what we think on this. Should you want to marry someone who every time things get even a little bit hard, they're out? 
So, you know what I kind of get the impression of with Rachel is that like, I get that like rejection sucks. And I also understand that in some ways you feel like you should be protected from some of that as the bachelorette. Yep. But the thing that gets me is sometimes I'm like, she clearly just wants to be with like Tino, for example. Right. Right. And just yet, be with Tino, pull a Claire. And so like what kind of is hard for me is it feels to me like she wants all of the men to want her. And I'm mm-hmm. like, but you only need the right one at the end of this. And so it's right. like she comes unraveled and feels like it goes from this one person rejected me to I'm not getting validated from any of these guys. And that's just not objectively true. She's getting a lot of validation from, I mean, like she's having these wonderful one-on-one dates with many of the men. And I think that they are communicating their, you know, feelings for her, but it's like one rejection. And then she's sort of like, to me, the red flag is that then she reads that onto the entire, she generalizes it's the entire experience. Yep. Well, and I mean, if you don't, if he doesn't want to be, if if someone is there and they don't want to be with you, but then they're just using you to keep being on the show so that they have a better chance of being the bachelor and they can keep going to all these cool places. Wouldn't that be worse than them being honest with you and saying, you know, I don't feel this. I need to either leave or switch over. Well, and I do think that she's put the guys kind of in a tough situation where I mean, I can understand her being frustrated with Logan. Oh, you knew for this long and you just kept accepting my roses. But at the same time, I really do think that he was put in these situations where like she was just devastated from all of these other rejections and he didn't want to pile it on her. Right. I like kind of think that he tried to do it in this more private way. Yep. And like, so it seems like she kind of complains and she's like, yeah, but my rejections were public. And then he does it in private and it's like, well, I can't be with people now. Yeah. And then all the other guys are screwed out of time with her where they could be working on their relationships and making sure that they are a right fit also. Yeah. I mean, I think that she is She's somebody that is going to need a lot of attention, I think, in a relationship. And so I think yep. that um, in order for a relationship, like she's going to need to find someone that has sort of the energy and is okay with like giving that much. Yep. Um, I do think that it's kind needs- of interesting that Gabby's the one that's like rough around the red edges, but like I kind of feel like Nicole is just as undone yes rachel nicole is just as rough i have i just named her (laughs) it's so terrible (laughs) i like it i like it yeah i agree whoever's doing her makeup is getting better at it and her makeup looks amazing Yes, although I did see something about who's ever doing their tanning for them. 
is not doing a good job because you can see like tan lines on their hands and then like certain lines on their bodies too. That was a funny thing on Instagram last night I noticed. Oh, no. Okay, so we have we have talked about that concept and we can put it away. Ha, next question, and I think we kind of talk about this every week. Is this the most realistic dating we've ever seen on the show other than when we were at the La Quinta and all they had to do was go on walks and play board games? Because both have the option to say this isn't working for me more, I think, than in, in seasons when it's one bachelorette. Absolutely. I think it changes the entire dynamic of the show. Yep. Um, I actually really do kind of like that aspect of it. Um, because it does feel a little more equal. But I also, what yep. I've been sort of thinking about is, I also think that it shifts the sort of drama that we're seeing this season. Right? That like, um, this this was a little bit part of my wild card. I didn't have anything crazy to say about it but like you know the men's feathers are ruffled a bit by the logan thing but like there's like no been crazy fights you know like yeah. there's no shrimp drama you know there's not i'm like trying to think of that season was it jojo's season maybe where there's like i don't know there's like a really wild guy and then remember the protein drink guy i don't know i didn't there's see been, that season you know there's been some really big drama among the contestants and this season there really isn't and there's not really a whole lot of time left for there to be no and so like what's really um because you normally see that at the beginning and then the troublemakers kind of filter out and it's sort of like we keep shifting villains but all the villains have been kind of half-assed villains right like mm -hmm. nobody has been just absolutely horrid do we think the reason that is is because all of the guys are just kind of boring? Um, I will say there's something about these guys. I think they're a little more mature. They're, I like that better than boring. We'll say they're mature. Yeah, I feel like they're a little bit more mature than we've seen. And so even though they're kind of perturbed with Logan, they're not like, I'm going to punch you in the face. Yeah. You know? Well, and the ones that weren't mature got booted fairly early. Yes. And so I think like, that what I wouldn't say Hayden is was very mature. No, Hayden was a tool bag. But mm -hmm. even that is like it was like it was like one episode of you know absolute bird brainness, you know? Yep. <laughs> And, um, so, um, yeah, he was awful. There was no dragged across half of the season Dementor drama. No, like we or had. like, you know, none of that, you know, like there's all that drama between like Katie and the rest of the girls and like Queen Victoria, right? Like in all of those, and there just doesn't, there's like not as much of that. And it seems like yeah. the drama or like they were really hoping that the drama would be between Gabby and Rachel. Yeah. So it seems like it shifted what the drama is about. And the drama is about like, will they switch who they like as opposed yeah. to like this catty stuff. 
And yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I thought it was ridiculous that Rachel was mad at Gabby for keeping Logan. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. And now my favorite of the three that I put together, because it's so silly. And it was such a throwaway line in the episode, and I glommed onto it so fast. So my third concept is Zodiac relationship compatibility matches. Are they real or are they not? And I did a little research. And by research, I Googled some stuff. And I asked you and what you and your horoscope and Ryan's horoscope, your husband. And then I Googled if those two were compatible. And I'm going to read. This is from Elle magazine. So it's very scientific, clearly. I don't think this has been peer-reviewed. I don't think that this has been published anywhere but l.com slash horoscopes. But here is the compatibility report between a Pisces, who is Danielle, and a Virgo, who is Ryan. And then I'll share about my compatibility. I am also a Virgo, by the way. Okay, so we are compatible too, maybe, Danielle. Let's find out. All right, so Virgo and Pisces are two of the most powerful healers in the Zodiac. Virgo is an earth sign, clinical and data-driven, always there with a practical answer and a helping hand. Water sign Pisces has emotional compassion, the ability to empathize and absorb other people's pain. Your opposite signs. Virgo is the doctor. Pisces is the nurse. You can teach each other a lot doing much good on the planet along the way. Um, I don't want to read this whole thing. Um, at times, P Pisces' emotional nature can overwhelm Virgo, leaving him ungrounded. You both need doses of solitude to reconnect with your souls. And this suggests writing, playing music, especially classical compositions or Gregorian chants. Painting and creativity is healing to you both. So when you're having an argument, just put on some Gregorian chanting music and you should, everything will get fixed. Don't worry about it. Um, so what I'm, what I'm, what I'm going to say is according to Elle magazine, you guys are very compatible and your marriage is very strong and you will stay married forever and ever and ever because of Elle magazine's Zodiac compatibility article. So helpful. I'm glad to know that. I thumbs up. It's, it's description of me is pretty accurate. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much, so I'm also a Virgo. I have the same sign as Ryan. And I, every time I read anything Virgo, which I always read with skepticism, but also with obsession because I love astrology and I am a little obsessed with it, but I don't let it like, like, Oh, this the moon is in the sun and I can't go outside today. I don't believe in that stuff. That's probably not a thing. So then I looked up who Virgos are most compatible with and least compatible with, and I laughed out loud. So um, my apparent my according to another website called wellandgood.com, again, probably not peer-reviewed, probably not published, other than the internet. This says that I am most Virgo is most compatible with a Taurus, which is uh, April 20th through May 21st. And so both Taurus and Virgo are earth signs and tend to have similar mannerisms, values, and thinking patterns. Both signs tend to be dependable and grounded. 
Taurus has a chill personality and stability in their emotions, which appeals to Virgo, who is seen as an overthinker, accurate, and thus needs a partner who can calm their nerves and ease their minds. The only caveat is that both signs are incredibly stubborn, also accurate, which may make arguments a tug of war and more challenging to settle peacefully. Taurus is conventional and inflexible, but Virgo is adaptable and organized. Um, together, they should be able to resolve issues well with some patience and care. And so rounding out my top, Virgo's top three are Cancers and Scorpios. So Taurus, Cancer, Scorpio is who I'm apparently most compatible with. I have actually dated two Tauruses. And we were not good fits as we got to know each other better. So I think maybe I should go after a cancer next and see if that one works out better. So I think you should seek out an, a Pisces. And here's my argument for okay. why. Okay. Because Pisces, we also really love the water. And we want you to date a boat person. We do want me to date a boat person. And I do also love water. Yeah. So I don't know. I just the thought there. Um, so That's I, a good point. That's a good point. Because that is, our, that is our goal is that I date someone with a boat or access to a boat. I don't, yes. you know, like I'm not like a reader of horoscopes. I, I am someone who always likes to imagine that things could be real. So I do like to imagine that it, it is real. Um, but what I will say is, as somebody that doesn't completely pay attention to those sorts of things, whenever I hear that someone is born at a certain time, I'm like, oh, yeah, like that makes sense to me. Like I'll hear, you know, like I'll hear whenever their birthday is. And I don't know that much about like the different signs, but I'll be like, oh, yeah, this person mm -hmm. is definitely an August person. Or, you know, like there's something about people's energies that are similar about like the months that they're born in. Or like, you know, I'll get on Facebook and I'll see the birthdays and it'll be like, oh, these five people were born on the same day and they're from different places in my life. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, this makes sense that they're all like born the same day. So is Ryan an August Virgo or a September Virgo? He is an August Virgo. Okay. There is a difference, too, between August Virgo and September Virgo. Yeah, he's um he's got his fortieth coming up here. Oh um, like, like really coming up, like in a couple of weeks coming up. Yeah, I know I should probably plan something. <laughs> <laughs> oh I it's hard to have your birthday when, when you're in education and your birthday is at the beginning of the school year, it sucks. It does, yeah. It's hard because like it's such a busy time and it's like, mm -hmm. oh, I don't know if like people are going to be available to do things like, and then it's like, well, should you push it back to Labor Day? But then like people have plans, you know, also then. So yeah, I don't know. All that's to say, I'm glad that I got the reassurance that our relationship yes. is okay. After 17 years of marriage, yes. stamp of approval. From Elle Magazine. From Elle Magazine is giving you the stamp of approval. That's great. So I also looked at which um, sign Virgo is least compatible with, and it's Leo, which is interesting because 
Uh, the bottom three are Leo, Aquarius, and Sagittarius. And I have dated a Leo and an Aquarius. But one of my best friends is a Leo and another is a Sagittarius. I'm going with my unresearched and unproven assumption that these compatibilities, A, are not really accurate, and B, only work in romantic settings and not in friend settings. Oh. So, yeah, it applies more to... I think it applies more to relationships. That's an but, important distinction. But there you go, folks. If you want to know if your spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend or life partner is compatible with you, just go Google your signs together and then read some stuff. Don't go to therapy. Don't sit down on the couch and do that 36 questions thing. Just Google, is my sign, is my zodiac sign compatible with your zodiac sign? There you go. A quick Voila. to discern. Voila. All right. Okay, so I wanted to talk about this Nate drama that's emerged because I'm a pretty big Nate fan. Yeah. I like the idea of Nate and Gabby together. I like Nate. I feel like he is has been maybe one of the guys to say some of the most like profound or wise things on the show. So what kind of happened is reality Steve released a statement. Well, it's like a whole kind of blog, I guess that, um, you know, so that he'd been in correspondence with somebody for a while and basically a woman that Nate had dated for over a year claims that he never told her about his kid and that the reason that they broke up was because he cheated on her. Ooh. Yeah. And so, and then the woman who, I think that the other woman, like the woman that he had cheated on, the one woman with also came out and was sort of like, look at, I wish Nate the best, but like, I also want to protect other women from this. But then it is kind of curious, you know, like some people have said, so Nate's response, Nate is just like two sides to every story. Yeah. And like, that's it. He hasn't said anything else. And okay, one, I think people are, you know, people are like really fixated on the child thing. But there's like also this part of me that's like, okay, well, like one, I don't know that I think that he's obligated to tell right. her right. that he has a child. But what I do think is kind of curious about this is like he does like really play up this idea that he's like a dad, you know, like a dad and like his yeah. role of that. I'm like, does he not have any evidence of his child like on social media or like to have no pictures and the person you're dating? Yeah. Or in his house? Like, did she, like, was she, did she think this relationship was more than, than it was? Like, if she's never been, if he's never had her at his house, if um, he is not friends with her on any social media and has all his privacy so you can't see, I'm not sure that they were in the same relationship. Like, What's she it? might have thought it was a little bit more serious than he did. I will say, if you were, like, together for a year, year and a half, 
it's kind of wild if somebody's never invited you into their home. Right. And if he did invite her into her home and there weren't like pictures or evidence of a child, that is peculiar as well. Yes. Especially then you're sort of like, well, is he playing up that image for the show? Yeah. Like, is he really the committed father that he's sort of, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's really disappointing if it's true. Um, I'm holding out hope. Holding out hope. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about, well, there's two other things. One, do you think it's weird that we haven't heard any declarations of love yet this season? We're only two weeks away from hometowns. I just feel like they haven't spent any time together. Like, there's, I don't know that there's been time for them to build those relationships because there's been such a short amount of time for them to get to know each other because they just split, what, like two weeks ago? Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out if that dynamic has something to do with it, if it's just the particular men that are involved. Um, Because I sort of feel like in other seasons, you don't always get the impression that they've spent a lot of time with each other either. That's true. But things have kind of like moved. Well, and the boat is kind of like a La Quinta in that they have the whole place to themselves. Are they are they able to like sneak off and like hang out when their cameras aren't on? I don't know. Maybe that's like some of it is like maybe that's harder or I don't know. Um, I just have you know like there is. I was like, oh my gosh, hometowns are in two weeks. It feels like ooh. Things are moving. It feels like things are moving slower in terms of relationship development. Yeah. Um, And it still seems like there's too many guys for us to be that close to hometowns. But I also feel like there are clearly front runners for both of them. And then there are clearly like my sweet baby angel, Ethan. I mean, buddy, skin of your teeth. You made it to next week. And I have a feeling after next week, you'll be gone. So, right. I don't, I don't know, but it is, it does seem weird, but I always think it's weird when they do say it five weeks in, I love you too. too. (laughs) So I don't know what the right answer is. I think, I think that it's weird to sometimes hear it as early as we often do, but I was just like noticing that I think that there's been an absence of that. And I like, yeah, I'm just kind of curious about it. Um, the, so the other thing that I wanted to ask you about is like, did Gabby smell Logan's armpit and it smells really great? Like, I don't understand this fascination with Logan. I don't either. I don't understand it at all. And Gabby wasn't the one that smelled the armpit. So maybe she <laughs> went up and smelled his armpit later. Because that was a Rachel date when was she like, was smelling armpits, pheromones or which is something. a weird sentence to say. yeah i don't do you think he's a good kisser maybe that's what it is i have no idea Mm -hmm. i mean i remember that 
early episode when they felt like like both of them seemed super into him and you were kind of yeah and i didn't get it then either me neither i just am sort of like but like have you seen avon like he's really attractive and they had a great date yeah you know and then like with gabby yeah nate you know Tino, right. I mean, I just don't. Yeah. I don't think that for me, I will say there's nothing necessarily like appalling about Logan to me. Um, yeah. I just am like, you're on this show. Like you should like, he seems like someone you could have just met. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. He either is like an amazing kisser or he's a genuinely good human being we just don't see that as much because they don't show that part of it i mean he's 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 a genuinely good human being in that he's clear with his feelings and tells people things and doesn't string them along. well i guess he kind of strung her along but he was kind of stringing her along so that he could spend more time to make sure that he wanted to get to know gabby so yeah. i don't know i don't get it i don't think i based on upcoming episodes i don't think he's gonna be sticking around for very much longer either um but i don't i don't get his appeal no nope. that they're that they were both from the beginning like i like that guy yeah i don't yeah. know i don't know he seems nice enough but i don't yeah I'm he's fine he's fine but is that what you want on this show fine no or in real life, I was just rewatching Ted Lasso again for like the eighth time, and that great Roy Kent um, season. I don't if you if you haven't watched the show, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler. But on season two, the first episode, Roy Kent gives um, advice to um, uh, oh my god, I can't remember, can't believe I just forgot her name, Hannah Waddington's character Rebecca, and that she they were on a they were on a double date, and the guy she was with. He's fine, but he shouldn't, it's, he shouldn't be fine. He should be like sending lightning bolts through your body. That's what he should be. So hell yes or no. Right. It's a, yeah, you should either be like, yes or meh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. So lessons learned. What lessons learn? learned. I learned that I want to go to Belgium. Oh, that's a great lesson. And I want to wrestle in melted chocolate and I want to slap somebody in the face with a fish. Kim has aspirations, folks. <laughs> a girl's gotta have dreams. I learned a lot about zodiac signs and that L.com is my go-to for horoscopes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fabulous. All right. Um, thank you for a lovely evening. I know we're both kind of like not 100% health-wise and I don't think, I think we're doing good. So thanks everyone for still listening. I hope you enjoy our silliness and have a good week. We'll see you next week. I think it'll be Bill and I. I don't know if he's back from big. I don't know. We haven't really talked about next week yet. I'm not sure Bill's back. So um, have a great week and we'll see you next time. You have been listening to Batchademia with your hosts, Daniel Dick McGew, Kim Hanna, and Bill Henning. All thoughts and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the person who spoke them. 
If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the show, leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your family, friends, colleagues, and other Ardent Bachelor fans. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at bachadamia at gmail.com. Or on the Twitter with the handle at Bachadamia. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.